Doctors take Field of Greens for their own health. Here's Dr. Ryan Green to explain. We're like you, too much fast food, not enough exercise. That's why I take Field of Greens. The fruits and vegetables in Field of Greens support my heart, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism for weight loss. And Field of Greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. Get 15% off with promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. That's promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. Product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome back to Nightmare on Film Street, horror for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And today we are talking about kinder trauma. We're talking about dark-ass Disney movies that ruined a generation. I am so excited to be finally doing this little mini-series on the podcast. It's something that we have had kind of in the back catalog for a really long time, and we were trying to figure out the perfect time to roll it out. And I think just after Halloween, in that weird period between Halloween and Christmas, where you're, like, sad because the spooky stuff is over and it doesn't feel right to start watching Christmas horror movies yet, and you want to go back to your roots. You want to go back to... Disney movies that scared the fucking shit out of you. <laughs> well, that and I think, you know, some of us have spent, uh, I, I was going to say October, but like all of September and October, maybe even some of August, watching some of the craziest horror movies we can get our hands on, stuff to actually scare us. Uh, and yeah, revisiting maybe a classic, uh, taking a br- brief little pause from just the life-ruining stuff you might see in Terrifier 2 to go back to some Disney comfort food. Seems like the right choice, and it's not hard to find a Disney movie that will give you fucking nightmares. Yeah, so today we're going to be chatting about Watcher in the Woods, which came out in 1980, and it was a first-time watch for me. This is something that came out a little bit before my time, and wasn't one of the ones that I guess was readily available my family kind of there had to be especially Disney growing up you had to purchase Disney movies do you remember like the vault scenario where I think they still kind of have the vault well now they have Disney streaming so. yeah but things things go away from Disney Plus. do so, they yeah they kind of they kind of go back in the vault I like, remember if like, you want sometimes <laughs> if you were like I'd like to watch 101 Dalmatians but like oh we're not releasing that right that shit's now in the vault right now yeah you like, gotta buy it secondhand <laughs> from somebody for 80 bucks you're like it's just some fucking cartoon dogs so we didn't really collect the live action stuff we only had like parent trap and some of the classics that my mom watched when she was a kid anything that came out while i was a kid or my sister was a kid did not matter unless it was animated (laughs) so i never got to see any of these really spooky live action ones until i was older and this one is really fucking dark (laughs) i am certain that i watched this one as a kid but I have zero memory of any of it. So it could also be a first time watch for me also. I've known about this movie for a long time. I've edited articles on the website about it. I've listened to people on other podcasts talk about it. So I'm familiar with it enough that it feels like I've watched it before. But for all I know, this is a first time watch for me too. Yeah, I tried to watch it. I tried to go into it as 
as kind of a tween. I'm assuming that this was Disney trying to target teenagers and early teen early teens just based on the subject matter and that our lead character is a bit of a teenager. So I was trying to watch it with those eyes and see if it would genuinely creep me out. And there is some pretty spooky stuff in it. Visually, there's some creepy stuff, which we're definitely going to get into, especially the fucking ending. But that's a whole other conversation altogether. Before we get too deep into the nightmarish qualities this movie has, because it's kind of like fucking Disney's version of burnt offerings, it's weird. Can you give me three good things about Watcher in the Woods? Three reasons why anybody else out there should check it out right now? For sure. Number one, Betty Davis is in this. What else can you say apart from Betty Davis is in this? She's playing kind of a mysterious, kooky older woman who's lost a daughter and is very particular about the people she rents to. And she just so happens to rent to a family who has a daughter that's about the same age as her daughter was when she went missing and looks exactly like her. So so many questions about that. Very, very suspicious, Betty Davis. Very suspicious. Also, her her makeup is fantastic in this. She looks great. She did not have a hair team, which I would like to talk about. (laughs) Okay, so a gorgeous-looking, creepy Betty Davis is our number one. What's number two? Number two is spooky old house in England, supernatural style. If you want a haunted movie set in the woods where something mysterious is happening that's probably supernatural in nature, this is a great pick. It's just got that fucking vibe. We are isolated in the woods. There's obviously the watchers in the woods. There's a lot of creepy woods sequences, but there's a style of English horror Mm -hmm. that we do not see anymore. No. (laughs) And Manor House horror should have more of a genre in the horror sphere. Why do we not regularly talk about Manor House horror? It is a very specific subgenre of horror and it's it, not it's quite exi- a mansion, but not quite a house. <laughs> and always rented. You never you ne- you're never it's not like a poltergeist situation, right? You're not moving into it as your new home. You're like, "We're renting this for the season." And all of the furniture has a sheet on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, and number 3, bring us home. What do we got? Um a dog named Narek. <laughs> <laughs> Dog named Narek. It's actually really funny because this came out in 1980, the same year that Stanley Kubrick's The Shining came out. Oh my god, right? And uh, very coincidentally features some backwards writing. Backwards writing, kids saying creepy stuff that they don't necessarily realize they're saying. And the backwards writing names a dog Narek, which is actually Karen backwards, which happens to be the name of our missing girl. But that dog is freaking adorable and leads our characters into most of the horror sequences. So I would say the dog is the harbinger. Okay. So Harbinger Dog, creepy, <laughs> creepy, gorgeous Betty Davis, and you know, your classic British manor ghost story. Those are three good things about Watcher in the Woods, three reasons why we think you should check it out right now. But if you've already seen it or you're super familiar with it, we're going to get in-depth on our feelings about this bizarre film right after the trailer. 30 years ago, something happened in these woods. Something happened in this chapel. Something no one will talk about. It's none of your business. Mr. Keller, please! Where are they? Something happened to a young girl. And it's happening again. I couldn't see myself in the mirror. Something is watching again, waiting. The Watcher in the Woods. 
Sometimes I hear someone whispering in the wind. What do you think happened to Karen? I think she's still out there. Who is the watcher in the woods? It's not Karen outside there. Don't you understand? It's someone else. Who or what is watching? John, get away! Betty Davis, Carol Baker, David McCallum, and Lynn Holly Johnson. The Watcher in the Woods from Walt Disney Productions. It is not a fairy tale. The Watcher in the Woods. Disney's The Watcher in the Woods. Buena Vista's Watcher. Buena Vista <laughs> from 1980 is currently sitting at a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 3.1 out of 5 on Letterboxd. It will probably come as no surprise that this movie was met with lots of negative reception when it first came out. A, yeah, like mixed critical reception. Like, I don't think it was overwhelmingly positive, but they pulled this goddamn movie only a few weeks after it went to the theater in 1980 because families were like, why the fuck are you terrifying my child? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, they took it out. They they scrubbed a pre-credit sequence, which we haven't seen. Pre-credit? What? They reshot the ending with a completely different director. Like, they literally just put... The ending is a different director? Completely different director. Wow. Uh, and they just re-released Mary Poppins in its place. They were like, we're very sorry about what we did to your kids with our creepy ghost story. Have here. a spoonful of sugar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's exactly what happened. I'm not necessarily sure what fucked kids up the most in this oh, movie. Oh, I... Because uh, <laughs> it's either the original end of the movie where a full-ass fucking goblin ghoul space monster Mermaid comes out. Mermaid skeleton with wings? Terrifying. I... Like the bog monster oh. from Legend. Do you remember that fucking thing? But uh, if it had wings? Fuck. It was like a creature out of uh, the labyrinth cutting room floor. Yeah, it stared into my soul it was a melted <laughs> muppet is what it was it, yeah it looked pretty horrifying but also i mean the the whole movie has a lot of creepy ghost kids a stuff. fucking blind ghost girl with a fucking blindfold on she appears in a fucking coffin she appears in a fun house in mirrors in windows i think she also, is fucking terrifying the the idea that kyle richards is being possessed by this ghost baby kyle richards in this in this and movie. that the dog is potentially evil we don't yeah there's a lot going on and you you know, to answer your question earlier, you're saying that Disney was targeting like a tween audience. They weren't at this time. They, when you look across the movies that they were putting out, it's like Herbie the Love Bug, the Apple Dumpling Gang. Those are for tweens. Several other. They were for kids. Like Don Knotts is not talking to the young teenage crowd tween, whatsoever. Tween, tween is twelve. Like a year later, they put out the Fox and the Hound. You know, like they're making kids movies at this time. Black Hole, another one of them. People seem to think that's scary, but it is. It, you know, it's very much just a child in it. This was a bit of a left turn for adults taking their kids to the movie theaters at the time that I've heard. And I'm sure the trailers maybe said, ooh, this is going to be a spooky little ghost story. But I'm in good hands because Disney made it and they wouldn't do anything to ruin my child. I mean, <laughs> most, wrong. most Disney movies have a dead parent. So let's be real. <laughs> I know. Like when people talk about this being scary and stuff, I hear way more people talking about the beginning of Bambi fucking them up or up. Maybe up is a little bit more of an adult thing. But like kids especially watch Bambi and have nightmares. Parents fast forward the beginning 
think of Bambi because it's too fucked up. Yeah, and that scene in The Lion King where fucking Scar lets Mufasa fall into the stampede and die. I cried every single time I watched that. And my parents never thought that maybe this animated cartoon was too much for me. Yeah, but John Hugh took it one step too far by literally writing a British ghost story for children, question mark? Like, he literally just wrote, he directed a British ghost story and I don't think he necessarily was worried about the fact that he was making it for the Disney crowd. I, You know, I will say, though, happy that Disney is part of the production because the special effects in the movie are great. That scene where Jan is, they're moving into the house, it's her first day there, and she looks into a mirror and she can't see her own reflection. That's a really good moment. Incredible. And then it cracks in like a perfect triangle, and inside the triangle we can see a ghost girl with a blindfold on. That is some Imagineer shit, and it's so fucking good. Disney needs to make more Haunted House movies. With practical effects. (laughs) I don't know if you're going to get practical effects in the new Haunted Mansion movie, but fingers crossed. Probably not. (laughs) I I guess what I'm I'm saying is everybody should go to Disney and see the Haunted Mansion because it's, you know, from start to finish, practical effects. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing ghost shit that they can do there. And I think some of it's on display in this movie. I have so many questions about Betty Davis here, though. As your number one good thing, maybe we should go back to that. She's amazing in the movie. What's her criteria for renting the manor to a new family? I, is she always looking for her daughter? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. And, and and maybe they keep it mysterious for for the mystery, so you, you never quite know. Because Whether you're supposed to trust her or not. That's kind of the theme of British horror of, you know, like the 70s and 80s, is that something is off and we're not quite sure what. And it's our job as the audience to kind of ride the wave and, and until we can figure out what it actually is. You know, like, don't look now. Oh, right. It, I couldn't help but think of don't look now while watching this movie. I know. There is such a weird sense of foreboding the entire time. And maybe it's because there's a, a potentially evil dog, which we have mentioned. <laughs> but, but yeah, Betty Davis, I don't know her. I don't know what her deal is. She... One, she's gorgeous, and I don't know if she did her own makeup, but we were saying that because she was kind of known to do her own makeup. She did her own makeup in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, which is fucking fantastic. Apparently, she just never took the previous day's makeup off. Amazing. And would just put makeup on top of that makeup, and it was so caked and cracked and gross. Like, this is full method. This is Betty Davis' full method. But here, she- So method that she actually hated her (laughs) co-star. So method. But she's fucking stunning. Her face is gorgeous. Like her makeup is so glowy and wonderful. Yeah. And her eyes are so sparkly and bright because she's fucking Betty Davis. But there's just nothing going on in the hair department. (laughs) She just woke up with the stunning face and just went out there and was like, I'm a crazy old woman who lives in the guest house. I like to imagine that they wanted her to look like a stereotypical crazy old woman who's been greeting. Like a spinster lady. Like a spinster lady straight out of Grey Gardens. And she just refused to to do anything but look perfect with her face. They were just like, you can do whatever you want with my hair, but the face stays. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we never really know her motivation. Her whole role is limited to, like, knowing glances. Yes, because, yeah, either she is bringing a new family here as a trap, and we can't trust her because she's going to offer this girl up to the ghost to whatever it is that's in the woods, yeah. Yeah, or she knows what's in the woods and doesn't want anybody to go in there, but it needs the money, so she's going to try and keep them safe 
as best she can without letting them know that their lives are in danger. My favorite moment is when Jan, our, our blonde girl who looks exactly like the ghost girl and is seeing her everywhere, mm-hmm. gets pulled into the pond in the woods by some like mysterious blue light. And then Betty Davis appears and starts like jabbing her with a stick. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And like, you, and like we've got full shots of Jan in the water. Her eyes are bugging out. She is very close to death. Well, yeah. And little baby Kyle's like, don't drown my sister. Blah, blah, blah. And then Jan blacks out. We black out with her. The screen goes black and we wake back but up. No, you're forgetting the fact that Betty Davis is like, get away, child. (laughs) And she just continues to push her into the water with a stick. But then when she wakes up, baby Kyle is like, she had to push you down to get you away from the branches. Yeah, you were stuck under the branches. (laughs) And you're like, okay. But the shot of Betty Davis, like, drowning a girl with a stick. It's pretty great, right? (laughs) It's pretty, pretty iconic. Yeah, she's loving it. Yeah, whether, whether or not she's here to save this child, she is having a blast just making it worse <laughs> but she saves her life that's where we learn that she's actually probably somebody you can trust okay so was it the, the four-year-old girl or the 90-year-old woman that carried her out of the woods <laughs> that is such a good question maybe they got the dog to drag her by her shirt <laughs> the two-pound dog yeah yeah because he's possessed by a ghost it could either. have been the flying skeleton monster and we just never got to see it yeah, it's possible i but so so when the family shows up to look at the house they're told that Mrs. Aylwood gets final say on who can stay, and she's very particular about it. And we don't see Miss Aylwood. We just know that she's in the ivory-covered guest house across the driveway. Why did you get so specific? I'm painting a picture. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they're walking around. They're checking at the piano. They're playing jazz on it. And he's like, oh, I thought this was opera. (laughs) Right? They they scoff at his his nightclub music. (laughs) And... You know, the kids are investigating their bedrooms. Jan gets completely cornered by Betty Davis, who's just like, who are you, child? Do you see ghosts? Are you sensitive? Like, she wants to know if she can commune the spirits. Like, we've already got a lot of furtive glances from Betty Davis, who seems to be eyeing this girl up, I guess, because she looks like her daughter. But we we never find out whether or not she only rents to people who look like her daughter, who have a daughter who looks like hers, or a family that she hates that she can offer up to the Watcher in the Wood. We never know what her criteria is for allowing them to stay. And a large part of this movie is about bringing the ghost girl back and they need Jan to do it because she looks similar. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit uh-huh. to say that, that Jan looks, the, the reason that we're able to get the ghost girl back is because she looks so similar to Jan, but does Betty Davis know that? I don't know. I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so the the whole thing is that, okay, so Karen, our missing girl, who we think has been a ghost that's been haunting Jan this whole time, is stuck in a mirror world. Oh, fuck, we're getting into it, Or eh? like an alternate dimension. And so instead of seeing yeah. her haunting mirror, she's seeing kind of a glimpse into this other dimension that yeah. she's in. Which is an, it's so, an interesting theory for ghosts. So there's this, they need like the mirrored image of her to pull it out and there's also something (laughs) there's also something to do with an eclipse and a mini cult of friends oh right (laughs) yes so jan disappeared 
uh, Karen disappeared years ago. 30 years ago on the, the eclipse that's happening tonight. Exactly. Some friends of hers were playing around, pretending that they had a bit of a secret society. I fucking love cult. that. Why was yeah. I not that creative as a kid? Would have been great. Actually opening up portals with my friendship? Yeah. During like during an, an eclipse? And also, Hell yeah. it's not like his speech was all that pagan. He was just like, we're going to form this circle with our friendship. And if you're going to join, you also have to be part of the friendship forever. And the, yeah. And the and then a portal opens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jan disappears. There's a giant fire that sort of consumes the house. It's a chapel. It's a chapel. If you're going to paint a picture, yeah, it's, it's a gothic sinister chapel in the middle of the woods that's now half burnt down. That Yes, it gets lit on fire. And uh, we, th- we presume that Jan died in the fire, but her body was never recovered. And an old hermit friend of hers who was at that seance, you know, his his witness statement is that a... Witness statement? <laughs> his witness statement to another 13-year-old girl <laughs> 30 years later is that the chapel bell fell down on Karen, but she disappeared before it hit her. And no one knows where Karen is. There's an incredible transition from that scene, by the by, of the chapel burning up with Karen in there that fades to Betty Davis's fireplace with Betty Davis's face just like right there on the edge of the screen. And it is just A plus gold star filmmaking. Oh, there are some really great visual moments in this film. I know we already talked about the reflection in the mirror at the house, but. I really want to mention the funhouse scare. Oh, God. Because at one point, it's funny, we cut to a jump scare where Jan and her BF motocross boy, Mike Fleming, who happens to be the son of one of the cult girls who was there when Karen went missing. Long story short, they're in a funhouse and they end up in this funhouse mirror section. Well, she ends up alone because Mike is just waiting for her outside. Yeah, she turns around. He's gone. He's just like, (laughs) yeah, I got bored of it. I just waited out here for you to come out. But she stands in a hall of mirrors and then Karen appears in her weird, ghostly, blindfolded, spooky self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a flash of maybe the most amazing shot I have ever seen. And it's not there long enough, but it's an overhead of the shadow of these characters through the mirror and the shadows are all of Karen's mirrored hands reaching towards her. Yeah. Do you, did you, did you see that? Oh, I saw it. it you was, gasped when it, it happened. It was a like... fucking flash and I was like, dear God. <laughs> It was so spooky. Yeah, it was crazy haunting imagery. If Loved I was a kid it. watching this, I would have peed my pants in that moment. Yeah, if you took, honestly, all of the haunting scenes in this movie, if you take them and and just full out steal them and put them in another ghost movie that you're currently working on right now, you out there in the real world. Are you making a Haunted Manor film? <laughs> Study <Yeah>. up. <laughs> St- steal every trick from this movie and people will say greatest haunted house movie of the year. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, the cult story. <laughs> no, I mean, we were just talking about scares in the movie, I think, kind of. You know, like we've got a little bit of backstory about where the ghost came from and who the characters are. And like, now let's talk about stuff that, that completely, you know, ruined nighttime for a lot of, a lot of kids. The Fun House is obviously, like, the big one for me, I'd think. Plenty of scenes with Kyle Richards, who I don't love in this movie. I think she's cute. She's serviceable. When she's got her possessed voice, I'm just not really into it. It's definitely another person doing the voice. I think, see, no, I think she does some of it, but it, it does occasionally change. There, there was, like, the first time that it, like, hard changed to a different, like, girl's voice, like Karen. I was like, oh, shit, this is kind of rad. The ending does feel very fucking strange because it gets very... UFO-y. Like, I know we're talking about another dimension, but 
it feels very spacey. The official ending, which is the replaced ending, right? Well, it's so the original ending is the scary. So ending. the original ending is the weird skeleton monster. Yes. What we saw and what is considered now the real ending the th- is possessed yeah. Kyle. Yes, possessed. So that they're, they're recreating the seance. Jan has taken all of Karen's old friends. She's got she's got the band back together again. They're at the chapel. There's an eclipse happening above them, and they're they're reciting the same words. Friendship that they said. forever. Yeah, these binds unbroken or whatever. And then yeah, baby possessed Kyle Richards shows up with her creepy watcher voice because she's possessed by the watcher in the woods and so we're now to believe that there was a watcher in the woods the whole time that's yeah and that the watcher is like there was a transference yo i don't get it (laughs) karen got switchy pooed to the other dimension world and i guess switched places with this being who we don't even know is a being because we're pretending that the other ending doesn't exist. Yeah. So it's just this spirit thing uh-huh. that I guess has been sort of soft possessing Kyle to name her dog Karen and to like <laughs> the ultimate evil move. <laughs> well, I don't think it's evil. I think it's trying to get Jan to recreate the seance that happened on the eclipse mm-hmm. to switch them back. And so it's kind of low key haunting them towards finding the answers yeah when you when you say it out loud it sounds cool makes sense like (laughs) (laughs) when you say it out loud i don't know about the make sense part but like it's it's taking that classic ghost has you know come back to the one person that can hear them and understand them to reveal the mystery of their death scenario they're taking that and they're taking that yeah it's an interdimensional space being (laughs) yeah (laughs) So many leaps. Yeah, it's... But it feels very UFO-y. What I'm saying is when Kyle is doing her finale speech, Possessed Kyle, as the Watcher, is like, we switched placey loos and la la la, and we must continue with the seance. Yeah. It's talking like, I must go to my space home again. Yes. Not nuts about that. It's weird. It's, <laughs> it's really weird. fucking weird. I like the idea that they're, that they're playing with here, that it's not actually a ghost. It is a... Sp- it is a like un. It's a non fungible spirit from <laughs> from another dimension that we would consider a ghost, but is not actually a ghost. Oh, and it needs to switch back with the fungible token. Yes, Karen. <laughs> with the fungible token, Karen. That's. I like that idea. Uh, I just. I, honestly, I don't know if I was just too busy, you know, staring at how cool some of the special effects were, or. I was lost in Betty Davis's eyes or something, but it's, <laughs> at some point I was just like, wait, 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 wait. The Watcher is is a entity from another dimension. Like that just came out so fast. Yeah, for well, me. they were like, I've been I've been possessing Kyle all along to give you secrets, and I was like, I feel like you could have doled this out a lot easier. Yeah, you could have just written it on the on a dusty window, like <laughs> you did the name Karen. Like you could have just slowly told us exactly what's happening. Well, yeah, versus- because it was wind like blowing out stained glass that was trying to say eclipse but it was just stained glass on the ground yo don't don't start that's like one of my favorite parts of this movie <laughs> that's that's the don't look now shit that's where like J- donald sutherland is looking at a photo that like suddenly gets broken and exposed and red bleeds into it and then as he dies that's the image he sees that is some that is some brilliant filmmaking stuff when the stained glass makes the eclipse Hell yeah. All right, fine. Stained glass is in. But then the weird blue light circle thing, and it's just like, that was an eclipse in the water. Yeah, I don't much care for that. (laughs) 
There's a bunch of that. No, no, no. There are a lot of obscure leaps that a 15-year-old girl would not be making. No, and uh, and she is so on board with everything. The moment she gets a tiny bit of information that doesn't make sense, she's like, oh, that makes perfect sense now! Because, of course, there's an interdimensional being that, like, replaced its spot with Karen and is now trying to get Karen back. I just need to go here and redo that with you guys. Like, whoa! I don't see how that makes sense to you. Well, but... and especially her as a character, because she needs to go and play Karen in this part, which I totally would not have agreed with. I would have had them come back to do the seance under the... Without me, yeah. Without me in the center, because she fully puts on the blind and is like, all right, let's do this thing that made that girl disappear. Yeah, and every single person is just like, hey, the last time we did this, a girl disappeared forever and like ruined the life of a woman and us, uh, ruined the life of her mother and all of us. And she's like, yeah, 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 no, but it's going to be different this time. <laughs> no, but this is going to undo it. And you're like, you're dealing with supernatural shit. I don't know if we should be jumping to conclusions about what these clearly functioning spells are going to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's just uh, way too on board and way too not scared about it. It's uh, weird. But in the and so in the, in the theatrical version, like the, the quote-unquote theatrical version, the one that you see now readily if you find it on VHS, is Kyle Richards just basically shows up and tells them to keep doing the spell. And then, then when My they, planet needs me. My planet needs me. <laughs> and when they're done and the eclipse is over, Karen and Jan are both there. For some reason. Yeah, Betty Davis shows up and she's like, my daughter, you're the... She's still the same age she was when she left because she was frozen in time, frozen in space Karen, and not time. Betty Davis. Yes, Karen. <laughs> Betty Davis is a old woman. Karen is, is very young still. She's 17, 13. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, that was a weird... Yeah. She's tween. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's happy. Everything's cool. Yeah, no police are involved. This missing person is clearly just going to start... Taking up their identity how you, again? Yeah, how do you do that? How do you know. get a driver's license? I guess she's like, we have a manor. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm Narek. <laughs> and that's kind of it. Like, we also, we, we get a few pieces of dialogue where Jan is explaining to Kyle Richards, like, yeah, you know, we just like, uh, you know, she was lost in space and time and we needed to use my image to get her image back from the altered dimension with the Watcher. You're like, okay. She doesn't say that in the original ending. Oh, right. This is only, so we finished the movie, fine and dandy, and then John pulls up YouTube and he's like, hang on, Kim, let me show you this piece of information right here. <laughs> and he's like, sit down and open your eye holes. And the original ending is fucking nightmare fuel. It's insane. It's no surprise that they fucking took it out of the theater and refilmed it. It was so out of left field scary that Mm -hmm. I had my mouth hanging open. Yeah, instead of Kyle Richards, possessed Kyle Richards, coming down the chapel halls, talking to the people that are doing the seance, it is just a ghostly image that slowly fades into existence of what the Watcher actually looks like, and it's... The stuff of nightmares. It's very scary shit. It is the skeleton mermaid, Melted Muppet, of doom. And then it opens up. It's got fucking wings. Like, and it envelops Jan. And then they disappear. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is bad. This is uh, this is terrifying. We have made a mistake. Like, well, it looks like a demon has come. Yes. And you're like, oh, fuck. The Watcher is evil. And yeah, it's been- Tricking ca- them this whole time. Yes. And you assume it's just going to end now. Because especially, too, mom has been made aware at some point- Oh, and she's racing to the fucking this- chapel. Yeah, yeah. And so mom is just like, where is 
my daughter. What have you done with my daughter? And Betty Davis has alerted her because she's like, this, whatever they're doing lost, made my daughter go away. And I don't want the same to happen to your yeah, daughter. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. just like, fuck, this is a tragedy. Like we, we lost Jan now. And you're like, fuck, <laughs> this is bad. This is bad. And then we're transported to like an alien spaceship. Yeah, there there are two endings. There's one where we don't go to the alien spaceship ultra dimension spot, and there's another one where just Jan and Karen appear. Okay, but the other one, it actually the, has a literal flying saucer. We're in a flying saucer in another dimension. The Watcher's basically just like, all right, cool, I'm home now. My Mikasa Sukasa, you know, make me if you here's Karen in hyperspace. Yeah, if you wanna, if you wanna like Twin Peaks Red Room, walk in there and grab her and it bring her back. It was so Twin Peaks. Yeah, there's no way David Lynch didn't see this and eat it up. It, it reminded me of that scene in Twin Peaks: The Return where Agent Cooper is suspended in that weird house with the blind lady and all the screeching and sounds and stuff (laughs) and there's like a lock and it's just fucking weird and scary and you're just like I don't know and also I'm frightened (laughs) (laughs) but Jan's cool with it she's like oh hey there's that Karen girl I'm just gonna walk in turn to black and white grab her and go back to our own dimension She's got no problem. And she's not rattled by it. She comes back. If she came back, my brain would be broken if I were her, right? Like, your 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 fundamental understanding of the world that you live in and, and how physics works would just be gone. How do you ration... How do you go on living the rest of your life knowing that there's an alternate dimension that, that works in tandem with our dimension? What is the diet know. of a demon skeleton who br- builds UFO spaceships? What is it? What does it eat? Probably humans. I'm just making a jump. But. I mean, he didn't. He didn't eat Jan, but uh, he- transactional relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't eat her because he he couldn't. <laughs> it was fucking crazy. It was so wild. Just having seen the ending that they came to, and like the weird voice and the possessed Kyle thing, and to find out that that was a replacement for like this crazy demonic entity yeah. that comes out of compl- there's there's no other visual scares apart from you know like the the traditional ghost yes. the the yeah. blonde girl with the blindfold which is haunting on its own oh, yeah. but then you get this demon puppet and you're just there's no there's also no lead up to it. You don't occasionally see a glimpse of like a flash of 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 a of a creepy face, like a Pazuzu style face anywhere. It's just like, "Oh, hey, it's me in my true form. Don't worry, just here to haunt your nightmares." <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I've never seen an alternate ending more radically different in my entire life. You I could you could have offered me a million dollars to guess what the alternate ending would be and I would have never come up with this. Ever. 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 Yeah. Shooketh me to the core. Most alternate endings are just like, oh, this person says a different line. Uh, Maybe this person dies comes back or you know just you know is dead in the in the alternate ending. This was this was a completely different movie. This was fucking nuts. Which one do you like more? <laughs> I, I mean, I gotta say, I got, I gotta go with the demon ending because, as much as I like the Kyle description, because it helped me make the leaps to the finale that the film was making, because I, I 
had almost forgotten that there was kind of an actual watcher in the woods, that yes. there was a spirit that was trying to move things along. Because Jan is so on board with the mystery, mm-hmm. the weird wind and the lights and stuff, you kind of forget about that. Oh, totally. Yeah, well, it just becomes like uh, cool aesthetics for a haunting. Like, ooh, yeah, great. Awesome. Lots of wind, leaves in the woods, looks like a haunted mansion. Like, that's what you expect. Yeah, in a haunted you don't mansion. necessarily think that there's a third party other than, you know, like Spooky Mirror Karen. Yeah. Trying Trying to push things along. Yeah. So that description kind of helped, but then just the mind fuckery of this demon appearing and that brief moment where you think that, oh no, we've made a huge mistake and that Jan's about to get eaten by yeah. this interdimensional evil is like next level scary. Guaranteed this, the parents got super angry, not just because their their kids were scared, but also because when their kids were like, but what was it, mommy? They didn't have an answer. They're just like, <laughs> what the fuck do I tell my kids? I didn't even get it. <laughs> well, and then Jan in the end of that one is like talking to Kyle as they go back to their manor house. And she's like, so what was it? And Jan's just like, I don't know, but what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it's out there. Like. <laughs> It's out there somewhere, and you're just like, oh, good. Oh, so we, okay. we haven't kept tabs on the demon creature. <laughs> and she just like looks into the sky knowingly, and you're like, great. She's like, ah, like I would not be happy to know that that thing was looking out for me, watching me, knows where I am, live, and dream. No, it can cross dimensions. It might come for me at any time. And that's why the Watcher in the Woods completely fucked up an entire generation of people back in 1980. And then again in 1981 when it hit theaters again. They waited 18 months. They pulled it, reshot the ending, put it back out in October. They're like, maybe it'll work in the Halloween season. It's new! <laughs> it did not uh, It did not necessarily do so well back then either. Uh, it's kind of a movie that just disappeared for a little bit, but gained a cult following uh, for basically anybody in 1980 that grew into an adult in the 90s. And, and now it has a Lifetime reboot from 2017 with Angelica Houston, made by Melissa Joan Hart, who you'll remember from uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I really want to see that movie now i don't know if i do (laughs) (laughs) for science kim for science (laughs) i mean maybe just the ending maybe just the last five minutes i just want to watch every scene with angelica houston i'll do that they may we watch the trailer for it they make her seem very more involved and a lot creepier maybe that's just because angelica houston is innately creepy in a good way (laughs) (laughs) i mean so is betty davis but kim how would you rate the watcher in the woods so i really liked it oh, that's good. <laughs> it was fucking weird and it was really wild and i don't know if there was a lot of like clarity no <laughs> uh and the ending was very strange but it was a choice and i, I don't you like choices i can't say that i was disappointed by the ending because it was like they fucking shot they shot their shot and it had all of the things i love about a creepy english haunting and the ghost stuff was super effective. So I'm going to give it a three and a half out of four. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot higher than I was expecting. I also love all of the creepy stuff in the movie. I think it makes zero sense. I don't like that. Uh, I'm, in, I'm inclined. The don't look now stuff, John. What One don't look now moment that we forgot to mention that uh-huh. I don't know if you appreciated as much as you should have okay. was the music box that Betty Davis showed little baby Kyle and how it had the blonde girl in the white dress standing in front of a bunch of mirrors and I'm like this is David Lynch shit John why are you not gasping (laughs) 
I I also liked it. I guess I didn't necessarily appreciate it like you had. The best part about the shot, although, of the of the music box was that you could never see the little doll's face. Even in the mirrors, the face was never visible. So you don't know if the doll actually had a blindfold or not. You know what? I think I missed that. But it doesn't fucking matter because it was fucking weird. That's pretty great. I, I Story-wise, I'm inclined to give the movie like a two and a half out of four because it really doesn't work for me visually though i think it's it's a great kid style horror movie that's playing on all those british horror movies we love and it's definitely gonna get a betty davis bump so i'm gonna give it a solid three out of four betty davis bump i want to hear though from anybody that grew up with this movie or saw this when they were a kid and if you were old enough to have seen it in the theater maybe even that original fucking release that'd be amazing what the ending was like and how it was received as a kid and as a kid like did you know that there was another ending like did they release the vhs with extra like another ending on i'm assuming no 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 there was a anchor bay were the first people that released it with a with sort of the alternate endings extended stuff and a director's commentary with john hugh that's fucking crazy in 2002 i think so it, it took years for it to come out wow what a fucking ending. Yeah, hit us up on Twitter at NOFS Podcast in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at NOFSpodcast.com slash Discord. Let us know if this movie ruined your childhood, If you saw, especially if you saw it in the theater or your parents just blindly bought it on VHS thinking that you were in good hands with Disney and just put you off into a living room by yourself to watch <laughs> it. Just how most Disney movies got watched. Like, here, take this, go away. <laughs> here's, here's a plate of cheese. <laughs> Oh, that's specific. Uh, (laughs) We'll be back again next week talking about another dark-ass Disney movie. This is one that I worshipped as a child. I think maybe you saw it for the first time as an adult. Uh, But it's an adaptation of a Ray Bradbury story, and I cannot wait to get into it. Until then, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.